Good morning, Mercy Vineyard Church and all of you watching in the online space. Thank you for joining us for this morning's message. My name is Gary Dawkins, lead pastor here at Mercy Vineyard, and I'm so excited that you joined us this morning online. Uh, we are in a new series called The Simple Gospel. And I want to let you know that Mercy Vineyard Church is a gospel-centered church. I want us as a church to continue to grow in the gospel, to, uh, to be more and more like Jesus, right? This message of the gospel is the most important message in human history. If you've never heard the message of the gospel, or if you don't believe in the message of the gospel, or maybe you're here today and you're listening and you're like, oh, the gospel, I've heard that a thousand times. I want to encourage you to stay tuned because there is something in this message for you. There's life application in this message, application of the gospel that we can apply to our lives that will be transformative. I'm telling you, you don't want to miss this one right here. So keep it locked right where you have it. We call this series the simple gospel because it never should, the gospel message should never get too complex. It, it should never be complex, so complex that it is exclusionary. You, you've seen certain uh, uh, ministries and certain places where you go and it's like, oh, those people over there, they're not like me. But the church should be a place where we can all come as we are and be loved, but not stay as we are and get stuck. We should all be in a place where we can hear the good news of Jesus, and that good news should rise up in us and encourage us and help us to grow and help us to be all that God has designed us to be. So we started the message a couple of weeks ago. Pastor Jesse jumped in with the message. Uh, uh, she told us that the gospel was love through her message, the good news. If you haven't heard it, make sure you go back and check it out. Then Elliot came back last week with the message informing us that the gospel is grace. And, and he told us that in his message entitled New Life in Christ. Make sure you look at that one as well because it's incredibly valuable for your soul. Today, I want to tell you that the gospel is power. The gospel is power. So my message uh, will be, sub my subject matter today will be never beyond the power of the gospel. Never beyond. We are never beyond the power of the gospel. Let me pray and then I'm going to jump in uh, to the scripture today. Father, um, would, you, would you make your power manifest in my words so that someone might hear your good news and their lives might be transformed because the good news dwells in each one of us, that it would make, be manifest, that it would transform our lives, transform our minds, transform our hearts, and we would live a life that is just like Jesus. In your name we pray, amen. Would you turn with me to Romans chapter number one? One of my favorite verses, verse number 16. I'll be reading from the NIV uh, Bible, and hopefully you have committed this one to memory. If you haven't, read it a few times and commit it to memory. It's that powerful. It says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew, then 
to the Gentile. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Listen, have you ever driven a car with no battery? <laughs> no, of course not. Yeah. Listen, I remember back in my struggle days uh, uh, trying to make ends meet, and I was driving my 1990 Buick Century. It was burgundy, and I had gotten into an accident, so it only had one headlight. You know, I had to duck and dodge from the cops at nighttime. I didn't want a ticket. I got a ticket. But anyway, that's beyond the story. I remember one day I woke up ready to go to work. I came downstairs from my apartment, and I looked this way, and I looked that way, and I didn't see my car. So I, I went back up and I said, maybe because I, I didn't eat breakfast this morning, uh, let me go and eat something and I'm going to get my mind straight. You know, my, my eyes must not have been working. So I ate something. I went downstairs and I looked this way and I looked that way. My car was gone. It was, it was not there. It was not where I parked it. I woke up to no car. Well, the police actually found my car not too far away from my apartment. But the thieves that stole my car, they stole everything. They stole everything in the car, but they left three things. They left my Hezekiah Walker CD, which is a gospel CD. They left my Thelonious Monk jazz CD, and they left my NIV men's devotional Bible in the back seat of my car. They took everything else. They even took the battery out of the car. Can you imagine this? What do you need with the old battery out of an old 1990 Buick Century? So the battery was gone. So the car was going nowhere. I could drive it nowhere. You need a battery. You need the power source in order to get started. You need a power source not only to get started, but to get going. You see, uh, car batteries are, are, are useful uh, for starting the car. Car batteries are valuable because they start up the car, but they don't just start the car. You see, that power source, it, 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 it electrifies everything, and it starts the car, it gets you going, but it also keeps the car going. You see, that car battery is useful for a lot of things. It acts as a surge protector for your car's computer. That's right. Many new cars to today come with a computer built into the car. It, it, that, that battery acts uh, uh, as short-term power for the things like the lights and the stereo and the GPS. Uh, even when the car is turned off, it, it, it connects all of the internal components of the car to power so that it can continue to be a car, to be a serviceable vehicle. You see, that, that battery serves the vehicle as a sustainer. That battery serves that vehicle as a voltage regulator. That battery serves that vehicle as a helper in time of need. The Apostle Paul, he states right here in Romans chapter 1 that the gospel is the power of God in your life that brings salvation. That's right. Let's look at that. He says it is power. Power, the Greek word there is dunamis. It's where we get our word dynamite. It is explosive. It's powerful. It has force. You see, defined, that word dunamis is the ability of a person to exert energy to accomplish a goal. It is the force of a football team like the Kansas City Chiefs uh, who use that kind of power to win the Super Bowl. It is the same force that uh, LeBron James will drive down the lane and dunk the basketball. It is the dunamis power, right, which is defined as the power of performance, the energy that gets things 
done. He says, the gospel is the power of God, the dunamis in your life that brings salvation. Salvation, what is that? The Greek word soteria, is, uh, it's not just a free ticket to heaven. Soteria, salvation, is not just security or fire insurance. It's actually defined as deliverance as a present possession. That's right. Salvation isn't just a free ticket to go up there when you die. No, salvation is also your deliverance and your victory for right now. The verse states that I am not ashamed. The apostle Paul wants you to know he is not ashamed of the gospel. So what is the gospel? Well, the, the gospel is God's power to transform you and your situation on this earth until you get to heaven. The gospel is often looked at as, as a tool in order to get you saved or to convert you to Christianity uh, or magic words to get you in right relationship with God. Yeah, the gospel is powerful for all of that. But the gospel, uh, 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 that's not how the Apostle Paul is actually using it here. He's using this word gospel and soteriology in a different way. He says throughout the book of Romans that this power is what you need to transform your life. You need this power to transform your mind. You need this power to renew your marriage, to renew your relationships, to reconcile with that person that you had an argument with. You need this power to have victory over the sins that consume your life. You need this power to transform every relationship and your relationship with a holy God. The gospel is the good news of Jesus Christ for every human being. The gospel is the Greek word euangelion, which means evangelism. Now, I want to stop for a second and let you know evangelism is not a political party. Evangelism is not uh, uh, associated with any politics, and we shouldn't let anybody take a word uh, uh, that is right and righteous and use it for evil evangelism means the good news of Jesus Christ. We won't let anybody hijack that word, and we're not going to abandon it because other people do. Now, I know you're about to send me emails. Email God at uh, uh, yourlocalchurch.com. Just don't email me about it. <laughs> Listen, the gospel is uh, uh, the, the good news of Jesus Christ, that he came to this planet and lived a life worthy of our replication. Uh, he lived a life that was perfect, that we can look up to, that we could strive for. Uh, see, and, and, and the gospel message also includes his death. His death was atoning. His death paid for our sins. His death makes us right with God. His burial, that, that was depressing. His burial was time away from family and friends. Yes, his burial is dark and dim, and it looks like a, a, a thing the devil has won. It looks like a, a time is up. It looks like uh, he's out for the count. But then early on Sunday morning comes his resurrection, and his resurrection shows his victory. His resurrection shows that you can be victorious 
in Jesus, we can raise up from our situations. I didn't mean to say all of that, but <laughs> let me get back on into my notes here. See, if we have Jesus, we ought to look like the good news that we profess. We ought to act like the good news. We ought to speak like the good news. We ought to represent the good news. We ought to replicate the good news in our lives and in this world we live in. 1 Corinthians sums up the, the, the gospel message uh, Paul does in chapter number 15 of 1 Corinthians, verses 3 and 4. He says, For what I received I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that He was buried, that He was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures. See, all of it was predicted. All of this was quoted throughout the Old Testament. All of this was predestined that Jesus Christ was going to go through this for us on our behalf. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21 says, God made him uh, who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Oh, how beautiful and powerful and sacrificial that message is. You see, the gospel is the story of Jesus that God the Father initiated a rescue plan for every human who would ever be born. This rescue plan is to rescue us from our sin because our original parents sinned. They fell into temptation to turn their backs on God. And that sin has crept through human history ever since and even into your life. See, the gospel... Uh, is a, a transformation story. The gospel is an internal reality that transforms who you are daily. It, it's the life, the behavior, the death and victory of Jesus Christ, watch this, applied to my life. Uh, I'll be better tomorrow uh, and day by day because I'm open to the gospel working on the inside of me. I'll be a better husband to my wife tomorrow because I'm allowing the gospel to transform me from the inside out. I'll be a better father to my daughter because I'm allowing the gospel to permeate every area of my existence. I will be a better son to my mother because I'm allowing the good news of Jesus to overwhelm me and to transform me. I'll be a better preacher. I'll be a better a man, I'll be better every day of my life because I'm allowing the gospel to take hold of me, to capture me, to overwhelm me, and to transform me. None of us are perfect. No. And none of us make perfection or get better because we grit our teeth and try harder. No, it's because we open ourselves up to the gospel of Jesus Christ and let him do his thing. The gospel is and should be the reality that we live in, not a morality that we attempt to struggle through. Uh, the gospel is a message of hope, not condemnation. It, it presents Jesus Christ as Savior of the world and as the way to God. 
And the gospel message includes an invitation to everyone to turn away from their sin nature and to believe Jesus Christ as Lord. The gospel, right, is the truth that is applied to every, it should be the truth, that is applied to every area, every problem in our lives. It's not just uh, uh, for connecting with Jesus. It's not just for being converted into a Christian. No, it is what we need to use to transform our daily lives and impact our daily issues. The gospel is the power of God for salvation, not just for one time, but for all time, for all of our lives. I'm going to read you a quote from pastor and author Tim Keller, a a brilliant man. And and we pray for Tim Keller as he goes through his cancer journey. Uh, But Tim Keller is is wonderful, and and you should read some of his work or listen to some of his messages. This is a quote. Uh, 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 from uh, uh, this is a quote uh, from him. Let me read it to you. It says, "We never get beyond the gospel in our Christian life to something more advanced. The gospel is not the first step in a stairway of truths. Rather, it is more like the hub in a wheel of truth. The gospel is not just the ABCs of Christianity, but it is the A to Z." of our Christianity. The gospel is not just the minimum required doctrine necessary to enter the kingdom, but the way we make all progress in the kingdom. We're not just uh, justified by the gospel and then sanctified by obedience, but the gospel is the way we grow and are renewed. It is the solution to each problem, the key to each closed door, the power through every barrier. What an amazing quote. If you are, in fact, in Jesus, if you've chosen to follow Jesus today or earlier in your life, then the gospel is actually working on you. Whether you feel it or notice it or not, it should be, if you actually have it, it is transforming you from the inside out. The love, that love and power of Jesus Christ uh, that is on the inside of you is transforming you into a being that wants to obey God and his holy way. It is always changing you. Because the power of God lives inside of you and is always reminding you of who you are. Think Black Panther, uh, Wakanda forever. Show them who you are, Queen Ramonda says. I won't give the movie away uh, if you haven't seen it already, but you should have seen it by now. Anyway, the power of the gospel is always nudging you. It is the Holy Spirit. It is uh, always nudging you uh, to what is right. It it may be speaking a still small voice into your ear saying, hey, hey, you know you shouldn't have treated that person that way. Go back and apologize. Ooh, the gospel is is whispering into your ear. Uh, You know you shouldn't have used that finger 
to point out that driver's inconsistencies, right? Uh, you, you, you know you should go and talk to that, uh, uh, that person over there because uh, they look distressed, and maybe you'll be the only Christian that they get a chance to speak to in their lifetime. Uh, the gospel may be whispering in your ear to, to not close your garage door so quickly, but to leave it open and to step outside and say hello to your neighbor and see what they're up to and maybe what you can help them with. You see, if the power of the gospel is working on the inside of you, you ought to be different this year than you were last year. You ought to be growing and not be the one who's always complaining, but you're not complaining as much this year as you did last year. You're not stealing as much this year as you did last year. You're not taking advantage of people as much this year as you did last year. It's progression. It should be moving on the inside of you, making you into a different person every single day. So how then do we apply this gospel? This, how do I work this out in my life, Gary? You're telling me all this stuff about what the gospel is. What do I do with it? What are my next steps? Well, there are three things that I'd like for you to do to engage with the gospel this week. Number one is to recognize your need for the gospel. You see, I need the power of God uh, in my life. I can't be uh, the husband that my wife needs uh, without the power of Jesus Christ transforming me. I, I can't deal with uh, uh, this, this child in, in my life or, or these kids, in your case, maybe, uh, uh, without the power of the Holy Spirit inside of me. I can't deal with these co-workers or reconcile with these people who I have uh, differences with. I, I can't deal with those people on the other aisle of, the, my, of that political party or those people who don't think like me or those people who act differently than me. I, I can't get with how they uh, uh, speak and how they act and how they live and that lifestyle. I just can't get with without the power of the gospel. We all stand in need of the good news of Jesus. The good news of Jesus makes two people come together who don't want to be together. The good news of Jesus brings victory where there is certain defeat. Uh, the next thing I want you to do uh, uh, is, number one, re well, recognize your need for the gospel. All of us need the gospel. All of us have fallen short of God's glory, Romans chapter 3, verse 23, and all of us need his gospel. But number two, uh, uh, we all need to know uh, that we need to receive the power of the gospel. Romans chapter 10, verse 9 says, uh, If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You see, he says that we need to believe. To believe means to accept something as true. Now, it's not a myth that Jesus lived and died and rose from the grave. You can do that research scientifically, historically for yourself. It's well documented. All you have to do is some reading. If you don't believe it, then hopefully you will believe it. But we need to believe this. He says, when you believe... When you confess and you believe, guess what? You will be saved. We talked about that earlier, this message. You see, faith in Jesus transforms us. 
We need to get that faith. We need to receive the power of the gospel so that this gospel can start to do its work in us. And it's never too late to receive the power of the gospel. If you've never chosen to follow Jesus, I would recommend that you start following him today. Just confess with your mouth, Jesus Christ is Lord. Trust in your heart that God raised him from the dead, that he has all power in his hands, that he can forgive you of all of your wrongdoing, of any mess that you've made, all the people that you've hurt along the way. And guess what? He'll do a transforming work in your life. Point number three is this, replicate the power of the gospel. John chapter 3, verse 16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his very best, his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. You see, the goal for our lives is to replicate the good news of Jesus, to be like Jesus, to, to be a student of Jesus, to be a disciple of Jesus. That means to replicate him. We ought to be like little Jesuses on this planet. You see, when people see you, when they hear you, when they experience time with you, do they see Jesus? You and I need the gospel of Jesus Christ not just as a one-time deal to convert us, but every day so that we can replicate that life of Jesus in our surroundings and in our own well-being, for our own well-being. Here's some things that you can do to replicate the power of the gospel in your life. Number one, you can pray every day. Pray every day to remind yourself of who God is and his gospel message. You, how, remind yourself of how good he is in your prayer. When you're talking to God, God, you are creator of the earth. You've done wonderful things. You rescued me when I fell uh, uh, that other day. When I was in that car accident, you saved my life. When I was in that hospital bed, I remember I came out of it. I, the doctors didn't know what was going to happen. Remember all the things that he did for you. And that will help you uh, uh, to see the good news of Jesus Christ. Remind yourself of who God is in your prayer time. Right? Here's another thing you can do. Look at your calendar. Look at your calendar through the lens of the gospel. See every challenge, every relationship, and every item that's on your schedule as an opportunity uh, to engage someone with the good news of Jesus or to somehow express the love of Jesus throughout your day. You can also engage your family and friends through the truth of the gospel, right? God loved you so much that he gave his very best to open up a door to have a relationship with you. Can't you do the same for someone else? Open your door to a relationship with someone that you may have had an argument with. Reconcile the relationship. Be friends, fellowship, connect, and build relationships. Don't let the bridges burn in your family and in your life. What opportunities are you presented with to express and live out this gospel message? I'm going to ask you to do one of three things this week. One, uh, I'm going to ask you if you want to start a relationship with Jesus. You've never connected with Jesus. You never confessed Jesus as Lord. You want to start a relationship with him. Listen, uh, on this connect card, I believe there'll be a link up there. 
type a number one, just a number one on that connect card with your name and contact information. I'd love to be praying for you. And we, if you give us your address, I'd love to send you a book in the mail. Uh, just our way of saying, hey, here's some good steps for you to take to, in your connection and your growth with Jesus. Uh, second thing is maybe you want to take a next step with Jesus and you want to recommit your life to Jesus through the action of baptism. We have a baptism coming up, and I'd love to send you more information. On that same Connect card, write the number two, and then we will send you some more information about baptism. Make sure your email address is on there. And number three, maybe the Holy Spirit is nudging you uh, to recognize your need for the gospel, to receive the gospel, or to replicate the gospel in some kind of way. Would you take a moment and just write that down? And commit to yourself and to God this week to engage in that action this week. I'm so grateful for you. I'm so grateful that uh, you are engaging in relationship with Jesus, that you listen to this message. And I pray that we all take it seriously, that we would continue to grow as disciples of Jesus that we would look more and more like him, that we would apply the gospel to our lives and allow that gospel to work its way out of us, that we would produce much fruit. God bless you, and I'm going to pray for you real quick, and then we'll go into worship. Father, we thank you for every person that's heard this message. We pray that you would multiply your mercies and your blessings and your grace on each person's life today. God, would you transform us to be more like you? Would you continue to work on us little by little, step by step, so that we can make progress and so that people can see, oh my goodness, that life in Jesus really does work. What can I do to be saved? In Jesus' name we pray, amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful week, and I'm so glad that you are here today.